Hello and welcome to the Body Electric Podcast. This is episode 20 for Monday, June 6, 2016. Uh, my name is Nathan Hiltz. I'm your host and I'm very excited about my guest today. Uh, Kim Ratcliffe is here on the guitar. He uh, is in a band called On Topic that just had a, a nice tour in May and released a new album. And uh, when I asked him if he'd like to do the podcast, he made the suggestion that we could get a bass player to join us. And so, uh, so Kim went ahead and asked Dave Young to come join us. So we have a living legend on the bass hanging out with us and uh, sharing some of his story and some of his knowledge. Uh, so this was a really good hang. Um, I want to apologize for the sound quality. Uh, my microphone setup died just before we hung out. So um, I ended up just using the onboard microphone on my little unit. So the, uh, I tried to fix it, but it's, it's not perfect. Uh, it's a little bit difficult to hear Kim. So, uh, you know, put on some good headphones when you listen to this one. Uh, one more thing I'd like to mention is that this week I have uh, my CD release um, that is at the Rex Hotel uh, this Thursday, June the 9th, uh, from 9.30 p.m. to about 12.30 p.m. Uh, my new record's called Songs Poetic. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it. So if you happen to be in the Toronto area, uh, please do come on down to the Rex Hotel. All right. Uh, so I really hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to hear more things like this, you can go to NathanHiltz.com or search the Body Electric Podcast on iTunes. Um, thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. Another 20 minutes. Yeah. All right. Dave and Kim, how's it going, guys? Hi. Hey, hey great. Yeah. Great to be nice here. to see you. At yeah. first place. Yeah, at Dave's place. Yeah. Nice place, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Nice. Thank you. Uh, we were talking a bit Absolutely. earlier. Nice neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. Lots of children here, actually. I oh, shouldn't yeah? say it's entirely quiet, but lots of children. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Lots of sports cars and uh, very quiet at night. Ah. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. great. Nice. And are you a night owl then? Is that. Well, I go to bed later than any of these other people, so I guess, you know, 12 o'clock is late for, right, right, for that, right. yeah. That's cool. Uh, so, um, and Kim, that's nice to see you too. Yeah, <laughs> are you too? Are you in this neighborhood? <laughs> I usually see you uh, at school, and it's great yeah. to, to, to see you here. And we, we've never actually played together. Never. So, so oh. this is, uh, I've been really looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. And yeah. you, you guys get together on, like, every once in a while and play some tunes? Is that sort of... Yeah, seldom, but we do get together. Sometimes. We were doing it last summer. We got yeah. together uh, yeah, we a number of times, and yeah. that was really fun. But this yeah. is the first time, uh, you know, we've got together and done that since uh, right. since, since the fall recent. or something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for uh, asking Dave about this because I, I originally, oh, yeah. for people that are listening, I originally asked him to do it, and then he's like, "Well, why don't we get Dave Young?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, legendary <laughs> Dave Young, sure." Of course. I would love that. Uh, this podcast is mostly focused on guitar players, and, and many people I know would are know know Dave Young because who you played with, Lenny Bro, right? Mm -hmm. Many people, um, you know, he was very excited about that. Very good guitar. Very good. Yeah. There was some piano player you played with for a while too. Uh, yeah, he was a good piano player. What was his name? Oscar, uh, Oscar, Oscar something or something or other. Yeah. 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 Patterson or something. Yeah. yeah. Patterson. Yeah. 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 They're all good. So, They're all yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. They're all good. But thank you for taking the time to hang with us, man. Hey, yeah. Super, yeah. It's super my cool pleasure. of you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely my pleasure. Absolutely. Such a treat. Yeah. So, um, what have you guys been up to lately? Uh, you know, um, I know you both probably have very different things going on, but maybe Kim, what what have you been up to uh, guitar wise? Guitar wise, well, um, actually, uh, I've got a little trio that I play in called On Topic, um, 
with a great drummer named Aubrey Dale and Brad Cheeseman, very fine uh, electric bass player. And uh, we just came back uh, yesterday from uh, we just we did a, a, a you know a major tour. We went to uh, Montreal and we played at the Resonance Cafe, which was fun. Mm. And then we went to Canada uh, and played at the uh, the Brook Street Hotel. Brick oh yeah, 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 we did that gig. It's just yeah. outside of Ottawa. Did you guys? You guys? I guess you didn't use the piano that's in there. We didn't use. Did they have that electric. Yeah, they had the upright piano. Have you, you've done, have you played there? You've done, One time. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. No, we 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 didn't. We don't have a piano player in the band, so okay. we didn't play. It's a red too. It's red. It's a striking looking piano. Red. Electric right. grand, uh, piano. electric grand uh, right. piano. No, we we didn't get a chance to use that, uh, unfortunately, but uh, it was really fun. So that was you know uh, our major tour, just in those three nights, and it was really fun. And so you know, it's like, wow, being on the road, you know, getting you know taking my van and throwing all the our gear in and driving, and uh, so. But it's a lot of fun playing with those guys. Um, and uh, you know that's so that's been sort of a little bit of a focus in the last a while, but um, cool. And you, you write for that group? Or? Yeah, we we all bring in tunes. So um, so we play uh, we each write. So it's mostly original stuff, and it's kind of different because it's really a, a more electric kind of situation. Um, uh, you know, there's a, it's more like funky. Uh, so we get kind of uh, a little rocky, and it's it's like a power trio is what it is. So nice. it's, it's it's a fun thing and it's a real challenge to uh, to try and deal with that you know as a guitar yeah. player. So so that's kind of what I've been doing aside from just playing a few little you know gigs here and there and right, miscellaneous right. things. So nice. Yeah. What about, what about you, Dave? What do you what have you been doing? Oh gee, I can't even come close to matching all that. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pretty awesome. I'm pretty, I know, so. uh, pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> My big tour. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I just. Uh, at this stage of my my musical uh, journey, I'm just I'm just doing things that I enjoy. I actually just recorded a couple of weeks ago a quintet and some trio stuff, and had Rini Rosnies come in from New York. Wow! She played with us, and then we did some things with Reg Schwager and uh, Bernie Sinensky as a trio. So cool. That, that that went well, and then I've been doing some stuff with Kirk McDonald last week, and uh, a New York tenor player named John Tank. Mm. And then on Friday I go to Chile for a two-week tour. Wow! Play with Chilean musicians. Wow! Cool. So Man. Looking forward to that. Uh, so just in Chile, no other countries. Just in Chile. Wow! Yeah. It's a big place. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Have you been down there before? Yeah. 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 Been there quite a few times actually, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then when we get back, we've got some stuff going on here with different, yeah, different guys. That's great. Man. The jazz bistro and the Rex and whatnot. Jazz festival time, right? right. End of June jazz festival. Jazz Christmas. <laughs> jazz Christmas is the yeah. yeah. So, well, why don't we uh, why don't we play together? Yeah. Let's play a tune. Yeah, Let's get started with the tune and play some other stuff. Um, what about Dig? Do you guys want to play Dig? Hey, yeah, I love playing that tune, sure. All right, that's good. Um, just in case people are interested to know, uh, I'll be playing the nylon string and Kim's on the electric. So if you're confused as to who we are <laughs> on the guitar. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, wherever you want it, man. What do you call it? Not too fast for the older guys. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. 
Nice. Yeah. All right. Good warm up, guys. Yeah. Let's delete all that. And then, uh, I did the classic uh, go back to the first half and uh, oh, I, the I, second half. Obviously, I messed up the. <laughs> okay, now we're gonna play it at the proper time. Now let's really play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. yeah. to play with you guys. Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So maybe first let's maybe we could talk about influences. Let's start there. No, I mean normally on this podcast we talk about like sort of maybe what you're working on and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I mean I wonder Dave's maybe worked on everything already, so you're probably. Uh, Would you still practice stuff? I still practice stuff, yeah. Yeah? I, I mean, what are you working on? Well, actually, I was, I've been listening to John Coltrane with Miles uh, back in the late 50s, lately, mm -hmm. and thinking, this guy really had some stuff together even then, when he was getting squeaks on his saxophone, and right. whatever reed was not right or something, but he still had some stuff together. So I listened to horn players. Cool. And uh, their soloing and... Uh, you know, when I was when I was learning the bass, I listened more to bass players and rhythm section players, drummers, mm. especially drummers and piano players. Um, so those are the guys that really influenced my uh, my style of playing. Mm. You know, Ray Brown and uh, Paul Chambers. Must be somebody calling me for a very important gig. Charles Mingus, th those kind of guys were the people who really influenced my playing right. in in the early years, and still to this day. I mean, I, I still mm -hmm. put uh, put their music on. I've always found you you have a very uh, vocal quality to your bass playing, or like a m m melodic vocal quality, more like a horn. You know, mm -hmm. that's something I've always thought about your playing. But the, and those bass players you named all kind of have that as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like a melody. Yeah. As opposed to a bunch of uh, you know. Uh, licks. Is a, I mean, right. we all have our our collection of uh, licks, so to speak. But but you like to sort of put them together and play some melodic stuff in between the licks, right? Or intersperse with the licks. It's it's always it's a challenge. You know, mm. it's a challenge to make it musical. Cool. Did you like? W would you transcribe those guys or spend a lot of time listening to them and try to like just hear it or? <clears throat> I would transcribe. Yeah. yeah. I would transcribe. <laughs> Solos. Yeah. Uh, lately, I haven't been doing them as much, but mm. cool. it's uh, it's always it's a it's a an ongoing learning process. Right. Right. You know, even at, at my stage, I still get turned on by stuff that I hear. Right. If I hear John Patitucci or some <clears throat> really great bass player, then I go, oh, that's that's good. I'm gonna check that out. I'll yeah. listen to that. Right. Right. So. And what what about you, Kim? Like, what are your influences on the guitar? I feel like I hear a lot of different things in your playing. Uh, well, um, I mean, probably a lot of standards uh, kind of things uh, because I, you know, grew up with the Beatles and you know, uh, Cream and Hendrix and all that music. Uh, I was really lucky that I got to see Kenny Burrell when I was in my, uh, you know, like around 17, 16, 17, a couple times, and uh, and that was like kind of life changing, you know. Yeah. To to to. Um, uh, and um, uh, um, so I, you know, I've kind of uh, been influenced by uh, you know all the you know music that most of us as guitar players probably uh, you know I've checked out and keep checking out and Wes, uh, Grant Green, uh, um, 
but also, you know, as, uh, hearing John McLaughlin and Mahavishnu, kind of uh, younger and, and that kind of thing. Um, um, so just, I mean, I still listen to quite a wide variety of stuff. I mean, uh, I, I've actually just been listening past a little bit to uh, Night Train, the Oscar Peterson oh, nice. album, which I kind of missed, you know, that one. Hey, thanks, Dave. And so, you know, it's just like amazing, like, you know, yeah. to hear that trio grooving like that. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll listen to the Chris Potter Underground or, you know, like a, um, just a variety of stuff, mm. so. Cool. Yeah. And uh, so, what were your kind of first band experiences, playing in a band experiences? Was it playing like straight ahead jazz type stuff? No, no, not at all. My first band experiences were playing actually with uh, uh, my, my real first band was a uh, um, was a, a wonderful musician named Paul Horn who uh, had just moved to Victoria, where I was living as a teenager, with his family and his two sons uh, started going to my junior high school, and we started a band that we were playing. You know, like all the rock music of the day, and mm -hmm. and, and uh, playing at school dances a little bit and stuff like that. And then I started playing um, in, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of digging in, you know, uh, top forty bands and stuff. And at some point along the way, I told uh, I was really into the Almond Brothers, so I, I told I thought that, that was jazz, right? right. They're, they're kind of doing a lot of jamming, and I thought, well, mm -hmm. we're playing jazz because we play, we're playing, you know, those tunes. And I still love the Almond Brothers, but. Um, and so somebody told somebody, and then this, I get this phone call from this guy named Dave Key in Victoria, who was, uh, had moved there from London, England, and was a great tenor player, and he was looking for some people to play with, so he got our young rhythm section out to play, and, and uh, he later said that the only reason he agreed to play with us again is because we were so bad, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it was great. So Dave, I learned a lot from, from those guys, from, from um, Dave, and from uh, uh, you know, getting a chance to, to hang out with Paul Horn a little bit. And uh, and um, so we start, I started doing gigging. I started gigging around Victoria, you know, as you know, as a fairly young player with Dave Keen, and just learning on the bandstand, really, you know, mm -hmm. like just trying to figure it out. And and Dave would go, well, uh, you know, uh, you know, march me down to the record store, and hey, you got to get this, this, and this record, you know, and and would take us upstairs and listen to albums. What do you mean you haven't heard the Sonny Rollins album? You know, let's go check it out, kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it was great. That was a. A great my, my kind of musical education before moving to Toronto and eventually going to New York University. So. Right. Yeah. I, I always find, I've been to Victoria a few times and I find it has its own little thing going on because yeah, it's slightly sure. isolated, right? Yeah, yeah. From the rest of the yeah, island. Sure. So, and um, and they, there's a lot of live music there. Oh, yeah, it seems sure. Like, there's also some great players up there. Very cool good, place. Good yeah. scene, very cool place, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, what was your first band, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> what was the first band you were in? First band? Oh, boy. I can't, I can't even remember that far back. But, you know, uh, Kim was talking about Paul Horn. I remember doing a tour with Paul Horn in 1964. Really? From wow. Winnipeg to Victoria. Really? And I was in my... You know what? That was 1966. I was in my final year of, of business administration. Wow. And the guy said, well, you got to come and do this tour. I said, yeah, but this is a bad time. Said, no, I said, you, you'll be able to study your books and... Bring your so books nice. along. So I went on this tour yeah. for, I don't know, two weeks yeah. from Winnipeg, and we had all those places, you know, all the way to. And came back and wrote my finals and passed. Wow. Which wow. was pretty shocking to me. That my father saying, You better not fail this stuff. I'm telling you, you better not fail this stuff. Uh -huh. right. You've got the rest of the, your life to play this music stuff. Don't fail this, this <laughs> course you're taking. Right. So Paul Horn, yeah. Uh, but he was definitely not the first guy I ever worked with. But, uh, right. 
I'll tell you one band that was in my early years, and this is not a jazz band, this is uh, Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee. Yeah. I toured Western Canada with those guys okay. in 1958, 59. Yeah. Wow. Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee, I mean, uh, wow. I don't know those guys. Sorry. Okay, they're blues players. Blues guys, yeah. oh, okay. One guy plays harmonica, the other guy plays the guitar. Yeah. The harmonica player is blind. Yeah. And, and Brownie, uh, McGee, uh, Brownie, he's uh, like a cripple guy. Oh. And they never spoke to each other. Really? Yeah, because they always had this big argument. Says, oh, yeah? You tell Brownie, uh, I'm, I'm sick and tired of his harmonica, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, 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 I'd be it's like the go-between between the two. Uh, on stage? Uh, or everywhere. Anywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. So it was a bit of a trip to, wow. to play with those guys. Right. Acoustic bass with, with these blues guys. Right. But that's okay because I grew up learning a lot about those kind of that, that kind of music. Right. I, I collected all the Lightning Hopkins and mm -hmm. Holland Wolf and all that. That, that. that was the music of my youth. Right. So it's a massive tradition. For yeah. Blues. Yeah. 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 And I, I was a guitar player. Right. Really? Yeah. I played oh. guitar for a long time. Nice. I came from a city of guitars. Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Sweet. A lot of guitar players in Winnipeg. Yeah, totally. One of them was pretty quite good, actually. <laughs> Randy Bachman. No. Definitely not, not, not Randy Bachman. I mean, not, not in my time, anyway. When did you meet, uh, when did you meet Lenny? Uh, Lenny Bro was there. I, I met Lenny when he first came to town. We played together for many, many years. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there's yeah. also Jim Peary was a guitarist there. Uh, Ron Halderson, who is still there. Mm -hmm. Very fine guitar player. Yeah. There was a lot of good jazz guitarists. And wow. still is to this day. I wonder why that was. I don't know. It's I think it's got something to do with country music. You know, it's a right. big country music town. Yeah. So of we all we all did our share of country dances mm -hmm. touring around playing all the little towns and Wow. I did my share of that with Lenny actually. Right. Playing polkas and uh, country stuff. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. cool. That's so cool. Cool. Um so maybe you guys could talk, there's a question I often ask people and I'm, I'm wondering if when you were coming up and learning to play, if there's maybe something unique that you did that you feel like that maybe other people don't necessarily do um, when you're trying to get stuff together. Uh, unique. Maybe, yeah, like if there's something unique to you or something that, you know, part of your musical focus that maybe other people don't necessarily focus on as much. like. Because I know there's all the standard stuff that everyone does, but right. some people get really deep into, like Bernie Sinensky, for instance. He he plays a bunch of classical music. A lot of people don't know that, but he plays a lot of like Bach and stuff on the piano, and that's kind of part of his musical self. So I'm wondering if maybe you guys have something that maybe you work on that your kind of secret trick, or so, or something that uh, not necessarily secret trick, but something right. that uh, you get a lot of fruit from, like something that's been very fruitful for you. Well, I mean, I studied, uh, I studied the bass with a classical mm. bassist, and I played a lot of orchestral repertoire because I played in a lot of orchestras. Right. right. So, which was completely, you know, removed from any kind of jazz or commercial music concept. Mm. So, I, I, over the years, I've tried to keep the two, not not separate, but I, I keep keep working on both. Right. Both, both musical styles. Mm. 
I, I, I don't know whether that's it's probably somewhat unusual, uh, but it, for the bass, I, I can't see that you would study the instrument and not be influenced by what classical, you know, classical mm. tradition and what classical bass players have done in the right. past and are, are doing. Mm. I mean, it's, right, right. it's just part of my concept of the of the bass. So right, right. I've, I've always, always thought of it in dual terms. Yeah. Mm. Do, you, do you really see it as a, as a different, I mean I guess it is a different thing because the improvisation in jazz, but uh, does it influence your improvisation? Uh, the music, well, the repertoire that you play? It, like? it, doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't influence the improvisation, but it influences the technique that you have Sorry, to uh, to execute those improvisations, you know, the technique that you have to develop as a classical play, bass player really helps you mm. and opens up a lot of things, especially if you're going to use the bow, if you're going to spend time on arco, right. which I did. I spent years. And you use that when you're, when you're playing jazz? Yeah, I use it a little bit now, uh, but I spent years studying with uh, a fine bassist here in Toronto and, and obviously playing an orchestra, that's all we do. We, mm. when, 99% of the time you, s you spend with the bow in your hand. Right. right. Executing the, the music that people have written. So. Right, right. So you have, uh, yeah, you have another, um, another way to express yourself in jazz, which is arco playing. Right, yeah. right. Cool. So different sounds, different techniques yeah. inspire different things. Yeah, yeah, so it's sort of broadened my jazz interpretation mm. quite a bit. Cool. How about you, Kim? Like coming up, what what did you like to do uh, when you were coming up? Well, in terms of, um, I mean, I think something that was, uh, I mean, I've always been into lots of different kinds of music. I think, uh, mm. and even though I, for a long time, I, I mean, the jazz thing has been a real focus for me and sort of the core of what I like to work on and I, mostly what I listen to and so on. But as a young player coming out of playing in rock bands and stuff, I, I, uh, I did at some point figure out when I was like about 17 or something, hey man, I better get the guitar together a little bit more together here. You know, I got to learn, uh, you know, how to read a little bit and all that stuff. Mm. So I did spend a couple of years uh, you know, studying classic guitar, and, and uh, I kind of—I heard you kind of playing beautifully as you were warming up there, playing your uh, lovely nylon string guitar. And um, I don't uh, have the time, unfortunately, to do as much of that as I'd like. But I still—I still, you know, kind of dabble in that. I'll try and pick up a guitar and read through something, and, and um, cool. And also, uh, you know, I was playing a little bit in country bands and playing, uh, you know. Uh, Still playing in rock bands and this and that, so I sort of feel like um, uh, like some younger players now are very focused on you know uh, getting very good at one thing, which is you know maybe the best way to go. But uh, but what I've always done is kind of um, had a bit of a split focus. I mean, even lately I've been uh, um, you know over the summer I want to kind of learn some new standards and you know and it can kind of keep working on my uh and all that stuff but i've also from playing in the streel that i'm doing i'm kind of like well i gotta get my rock playing a bit more together you know mm -hmm. not really all the happenings i'm listening to like scott henderson and stuff going how, do, how does he do that i don't know right, it's like it's right. a, that's a whole nother thing right yeah. okay so i better get like a little bit of that together and um 
uh, and then trying to think, wow, you know, I'd, I'd like to think a bit more contrapuntally on the guitar. So, uh, you know, I've got these George Van Epps books, and I'm trying to like figure, well, what's what's he doing, you know? And those so, are some confusing books. Oh yeah, I'm for saying. sure. <laughs> Someone just lent me one of those. It's like, oh my goodness, what is going on? You know, yeah. this, what's, this, what's this guy thinking about stuff? Yeah. So I, I, you know, all these things really interest me, and I, um, uh, so if anything, you know, uh, just you know, like you said, we're, we kind of, you know, I mean. Work on a lot of the standard things that people work on, uh, you know, kind of just time and you know, developing vocabulary, you know, and learning, some, doing some transcribing, all those kind of things. But mm. that's probably, uh, um, you know, I have to say, like that's sort of probably something, you know, kind of says, you know, that's kind of what I, I do. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. All right. Well, why don't we play another king? Yeah. Let's yeah, play another. Why not? Let's play another one. <laughs> um. What do you want to do? What do you guys feel like? I'm easy. Yeah. Uh, did you did you mention the I love you? Did you? Yeah, I did that. I think maybe you mentioned how deep does the ocean. Or that. Either one is fine. Your choice. You want to play? You want to play how deep? Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, turn up a little bit. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll cut that. Out. I mean, you got to tell the electric guitar player to turn up. Yeah. You got like. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Yeah. You want to play the melody this time? I um, kind of butchered no, the last I'm one. I'm happy so. to feature you. I'd like to feature you guys, you know? Uh, I, I mean, oh, I can well. if you guys want. Yeah, sure. yeah why don't you start okay. it off anyways? Well, maybe there's some It's yeah, between the two guitars. You sort that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like kind of that kind of thing? Yeah, that feels nice. That's good. One, two.
It's like it's like everyone. It suddenly becomes free jazz for just right. like five yeah. seconds, you know. <laughs> suddenly you can make like whale sounds and just everything. <laughs> everything goes, you know. It's nice. Right. We're never sure how it's going to end. Yeah, it's yeah. true. That's the Absolutely. surprise. Yeah. Yeah. So um, maybe uh, you guys would like to talk about accompaniment a little bit. I think we feel like we talk about improvisation so much, but maybe what. Uh, what you think about when you accompany someone, or, or sort of your concept? Uh... Mm, accompaniments. Yeah, accompaniment can be uh, uh, very important, you know, especially in the teaching, uh, and we're all obviously teachers at this point, uh, you, you, you have to impress on your students that accompanying is, it's, it's an important part because you're trying to make the soloist or whoever you're accompanying, sound good. Mm. You know, you're trying to give him that basis and that strength and that comfort level that will allow them to play, you know, well. Mm. It's not about you going... It's not about all that. It's yeah. about just playing an accompaniment which suits their, their level of, of musicianship. Mm -hmm. So obviously accompanying can be uh, at a whole, you know, at many varying de degrees of skill. I mean, if you're accompanying somebody who's not really that uh, adept at what they're doing, then you have to be basic and fundamental. Mm -hmm. But if you're accompanying somebody who's like an old pro, then you also have to be basic, but you have to be a little more adventurous. Right, right. So right. I think it's... It, I think accompanying really requires you to think in terms of, I'm here to support this person. Right. You know, on whatever instrument you're playing. I'm here to support them and I'm here to make them sound good and make right. them feel comfortable. Mm. 
Cool. So the focus is really on who you're playing with. Yeah. So yeah. Not definitely. necessarily like just fulfilling the needs of a certain style or something like that. It's more about listening and. Yeah, it depends on who you're accompanying, obviously. Right. But, uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of older players or guys who've been doing it for a while, they'll tell you what they they'd like to have. You know, they'll tell the piano player, well, no, no one, too much, too many chords, and you know, just be a little uh -huh. sparse about the, the the chordal accompaniment, or drummers. Don't play me any backbeat. I mean, there's always certain things that mm -hmm. that uh, artists prefer you don't do. Yeah. yeah. So th that's that's quite often the case, and that's good because then you start to learn. Mm. You, you know, you, you start to understand. Well, this guy doesn't want this, and that guy doesn't want that. Right. I know for all the years that I accompanied guys at Bourbon Street, and that went on for quite a while, I used to write down the list of the tunes and what they, what they preferred. So if Art Farmer came back the next time, and I said, oh yeah, Art Farmer, okay, I gotta check out on, on the tunes. Right. And on what he likes and the tempos and that really, sort of eh? thing. Cool. Oh, That's yeah. a great wow. trick. I'm going to start great. doing that. I'd like to, to see your book sometime. That'd be great to yeah. see the notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise well, you're just sure. flying blind every time right. you, you, you right. go walk into those places. Mm -hmm. you know, if you go in and clean head Vincent's playing the saxophone, you got to think, oh, okay, let me see. Eddie, right. he likes the blues, you know, he likes things straight down the middle. Yeah. Uh, Whereas if it was Chet Baker, then you'd be a little looser, but still be quite fundamental when it comes to your bass notes. Mm. So yeah, it really it depends on who mm. you're accompanying. Right, right. right. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What kind of advice do you give uh, younger players? Uh, when you well, about that um, I, I'd say it's, you know it's it's so, so just really what Dave's saying. Um, Part of it's just listening, I think, just trying to keep your ears big and trying to hear everything that's going on, which is a, a great challenge because it means you have to um, kind of, uh, uh, you have to be comfortable with what you're, you're doing um, with the basics so that you kind of forget about, in a way, like, it's not so much like you're, what you're doing is what, how it fits into the whole, the whole. So, um, uh, which is a little bit different than a soloist. I mean, ideally, a soloist, we want to be hearing everything that's going on around us too. But we may be kind of more absorbed in our own the direction that our own uh, uh, you know flights of fancy may be taking. But but um, but that's a you know it's a, a really a nice challenge in a way. It's it's a, a, a almost a bigger challenge than being a, a soloist, right? And mm -hmm. uh, something that we kind of forget about. I know I do too. Is a you know. Um, it helps to be playing a lot, I suppose, because when we're at home practicing, I mean, I, I spend most of my time just working on, you know, transcribing solos and thinking solos all the time. Mm. But it, it's not until you really get together and play with people, oh, yeah, I'm only, I'm only doing that. Like, I'm not doing that all the time. It's just, you know, i got to be like, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, doing, you know, comping here and so on. So um, it's a wonderful challenge, and I, 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 uh, I really enjoy the process, and it's great if you're playing. You know, with, like with you guys, and everybody's got big ears, and everybody's listening, and stuff's you know, and it, and it can be very interactive that way. So, um, but I think also just really focusing when you're listening to uh, some of the great recordings uh, of uh, the great compers too, figuring out what they're doing. Um, uh, Red Garland, you know, some of the great piano players, and um, um, uh, Winton Kelly, you know, playing with uh, with Wes, and of course Herbie, and then you know all the. Players have played with uh, with Miles, but particularly you know like 
in a way like those guys. And, um, and, um, and then as a guitar player, we had this challenge of how, you know, how to figure out how to deal with, you know, this like, you know, four fingers and six strings kind of thing. And then how to, you know, uh, condense all that and try to kind of suggest something. And for me, like Jim Hall, maybe it's like, maybe the, it's just so great. Like, you know, with that yeah. album, The Bridge and stuff, when you like hear, you know, his whole approach, which was kind of uh, a total, like, you know, different direction maybe than what everybody else was doing. So totally. in a way, Jim is still maybe the great master at, at uh, you know, um, uh, at, at accompanying as well as being, you know, mm. the greatest, you know, soloist as well so mm. it's good you bring up listening to like one of my problems with comping is I, I tend to zone out sometimes like right. I I forget I'm not even on the gig anymore I'm thinking right. about like sure my kid yeah, or something right. or like whatever or just right. what right. laundry I've got to do or something yeah. like that right sure. but I totally just sort of sometimes realize I'm on autopilot it keeps you know and you know I know that I realize the best gigs that I have are the ones where I'm like totally hearing everything right but uh, for some reason, my mind just wanders. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a that's a challenge. Absolutely, I I, I got that one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is there a way to improve it, like listening? More, <laughs> you know, more sleep. hearing more, more sleep. That could be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah be well fed. Well, yeah, right. all the laundry done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I found accompanying singers can be one of the most challenging. Mm. I mean, you can work with great singers and then you can work with maybe singers of, of a medium. But singers always bring out your your basic instincts because they do things their own way. So yeah. you, have to, you have to fit in and try and, and, and do what they expect. Right. You know, it's 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 one thing to be working with Ella Fitzgerald, but then it's another thing to just work with somebody who's just learned a few tunes and they mm -hmm. come and singing and mm -hmm. and they want to enjoy themselves. So it's right. Uh, it's for sing for for me, singers are always uh, like the, the most challenging. Yeah. And some of the some of the best times. I mean. Right. Playing with a guy like uh, Jack Sheldon, who who was not r really a singer, but he was a great trumpet player. But he was a great, he was a crazy singer. Really? Uh, yeah, he was a really. Right. He, I thought he was one of the better singers of all time. <laughs> mm. uh, it was really? fun, you know. It was really yeah, fun. Sure. Joe Williams, yeah. I mean, Helen Humes, all these people, Sarah Vaughan, I mean, all those people were were great to play behind. Mm. And did they? Did they? Were they? Did they all hear you? Like, do you get the sense playing with those guys? Did you get the sense that they they knew everything that you were playing? You know, like, oh, yeah. I think of someone like Ella, especially like. No, no, Ella heard every note. She you must have heard yeah, every I single guess. thing, She's right? Such oh a, no, she definitely heard yeah. everything in yeah. a moment, kind of thing. Like that yeah. really seems with her. It's just yeah. so musical. Wow. Yeah, she was. Uh, I mean, it sounds scary to me. Yeah, a huge right. natural like talent. That. She had a, yeah. just a natural instinct for what was right, you know, right. what sounded good. Which was why she was able to scat so well. Mm. She just had this natural uh, ability to go. If I go past that, it's not going to sound good. I'm not going to go past that. I'm going to just keep it at a certain level, and, and that's going to sound good. Right, right. Her inner self said, just told her. Right, right. She was so musical, mm. but beautiful. not a not a demanding person. Right, not, not at all. You know. She was, uh, as a matter of fact, she was the other way. She would always say, well, do you think they like me tonight? 
I don't know whether they're going to like me at all out there. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, you, are you kidding? Get out of this. That's cool. Yeah. Right, right. Another question I ask people are, um, where, and I'll ask both of you this question, where, where's the best place to hear Dave Young? Where's the best place to hear Kim Racklett? What's your favorite musical sort of situation where you really get to express yourself the best? Maybe, the, maybe there is no answer to that. Maybe you do it everywhere, but that's a question I ask a lot of people. Well, the recording studio. The studio, really? Yeah, I prefer playing the recording studio. Wow. Yeah, so there's, that's I mean, I, I like live music. And I like the live music situation, but I really like to go into a studio and be able to play what you want without any kind of huge distraction. Right. And have everything there so you can hear the playbacks and choose, you know. Mm -hmm. and, well, we can do better than that. Not that we go, go on endlessly, but the recording studio, that situation for me, I find is, right. is quite uh, rewarding. Cool. Have you have you find the recording studio has it changed over the years? The experience of recording is there pretty much. Well, yeah. I mean, it's changed. Now we got uh, Pro Tools. Uh, yeah. We got everything that's going to make you sound like you're a genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At which we're not. <laughs> right. So I mean, if there's any little glitches, you can somehow. Right. You can correct that uh -huh. within reason. Yeah. So the whole recording process has improved vastly. Yeah. Do you like isolation, or do you like being close to the other players? Or Well, I don't think it's really what we like. I think it's what the recording engineer wants. Yeah. If he wants the drums in a booth, then that's what happens. Right. I mean, the, this latest project, drums were in a booth, I was in a booth, everybody else was out on the floor. So, mm -hmm. But, you know, with headsets and uh, talk back and the whole thing, you're, you're part of it. Right. I mean, I would like to be... Just like we are here. I mean, I would like that to be the recording mm -hmm. situation, and it worked back in the fifties and the sixties. Mm -hmm. Somehow, those those rec records, those recordings from Blue Note and all those big labels, sound pretty good to me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there it's was no time. isolation then. Yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. But isolation is for drums and basses the way it goes now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you asked me. Yeah, my ideal situation. That's in, very interesting because you know I I find the recording studio to be a stressful place. Okay. Yeah, uh, you know, and I and I've done it a fair bit, you know, but still it's still hard, you know. Absolutely. I don't I know. find that too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah. You have a new CD coming out actually. Yeah. I do. I you know I recorded it. My friend built a studio in his basement. Yeah. So that's was really nice. Like it was okay. hanging out with this beautiful dog and. Uh, Recording in his basement, taking breaks, having nice. some beers later Very on relaxed. and stuff. Yeah. It was cool. pretty chill, you know. Great. But when I go down to Canterbury or mm -hmm. wherever, Inception or whatever, it's a little different. I feel like, whoa, this is like yeah. somebody's spending some money on this, you know. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to like, you know, I, nail yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm the same. I, I mean, I don't have the experience. So I haven't done, a, you know, nearly the recording that you have, Dave. So I, I, uh, uh, I you know, uh, I would agree with Nathan. I don't mm. generally feel that relaxed. You know, I feel like that kind of a little bit of pressure that way. Although, you know, it can be, uh, you know, you get past that and it can be, um, uh, it can be wonderful. For me, I don't know. 
I think it's just a situation that I might feel relaxed in, and it could be, it might vary greatly. Like, um, right. uh, usually, like, I get nervous and stuff. I'm, you know, playing with you guys here, it's like, oh, man, you know. So, uh, but, uh, but it could be like, uh, it, you know, it might be like sometimes, you know, doing, playing background music at a function or something where nobody's really listening and you're right. playing like with a nice little trio and uh, you just feel like hey we can you know it's great it's very relaxed and then sometimes just like wow you know wow that was great i wish i could play like that all the time you know? <laughs> right, right. um uh or just you know it's about being just comfortable with the situation i guess um uh, so that's that's the main thing for me i think you know right whatever it might be it's cool how do you get uh how do you get inspired how do you get ready to play like, uh, well, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know what Dave, Dave <laughs> has a thing. I mean, I don't know. Again, it's like uh, in an ideal. Well, there's the ideal world how you'd like to get ready to do a yeah, gig, yeah. and then there's the reality of what we all deal with, right? <laughs> right of course. <laughs> right? Yeah, like of you course. said earlier, like you know, like you know, the family and all yeah. these other things. And I got to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, um, none of us are in that position where we're just uh, oh, it's great, you know. Living in a castle and the limo shows up and I go to the gig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so waiting for that to happen. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, that's not going to happen, guys. Not, uh, I, I gotta feel like you know keep waiting, but you know. <laughs> um, so I just like to uh, you know if I got a um, you know gig, I like to do a little uh, warm up, which I didn't really get to do this morning. You know, play a little bit during the day, um, maybe have a little workout, you know, get the blood moving a little bit. Um, uh, 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 don't eat right before the gig. Oh, no? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depending on what you can eat, I guess. Oh, no? Uh, yeah. Okay, you haven't been on the road a lot then. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, just on the weekend, it's like, you know, well, you know, you just have a big plate of food right before you go and go, oh, man, now I need a nap, you know. So, right, right. But, um, uh, uh, just the, I guess the usual kind of stuff that way. Um, mm. um, but just a way to sort of focus on the gig, you know, you'd be kind of maybe thinking about some of the tunes ahead of time, what you're going to, mm. uh, what you want to do and that kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. What about you? Oh man, what do I do? I, I don't know because sometimes I'll be like completely starving and hungover right. and I'll have the best gig of my life. Right, exactly. That's the and thing, then right? other times I'll be well fed and like just feel great yeah. and I'll play like shit. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. just, it's so it's, weird, eh? I, I don't know. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. In fact, the reason I do There's this no podcast right. is just so I can try to solve all my own problems by yeah. learning from <laughs> ma other, like from masters like you guys. <laughs> oh, come on. But then, yeah. well... You know, sometimes you out of adversity yeah. comes something that's yeah. quite remarkable. Yeah. You know, if you're going through a bad day of traveling and everything is going wrong and you walk out on the stage and boom, yeah. the music is magic. Yeah. yeah. But who, who can forecast that? You yeah. just don't know. You can't, just, yeah. If everything falls in the right place, then you're okay. But on the other hand, yeah. it could easily fall on the other side. Yeah. Say, Man, that's one of the worst nights I ever had. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I wonder if sometimes that's because we, we're not thinking about it so much like that. You know, sometimes the, I'll be going to a gig and thinking, man, I'm like maybe um, I'm so tired, I don't know how I'm going to get through the gig, or yeah, it's, you know, you're fried and all stuff. And like you're saying, it's, it, it ends up being this great gig. And it's maybe because I'm, I'm not doing all the things that I said earlier about, you know, getting ready for the gig right. and thinking about it. It's just you're not even thinking. It's like, okay, so it's you're kind of bypassing maybe whatever that, you know, uh, 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 right. right brain stuff or whatever that you're... you're so it's just more intuitive or something. I don't know. Mm. It's an interesting uh, it is, kind yeah. of, uh, question because there doesn't seem to be like a formula like, yeah. you know. I wish there was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I was wondering, I was just, just occurred to me that we all kind of come from a slightly different generation, I'd say. Each of us oh, is yeah. from a yeah. different generation. How has the scene changed since you guys uh, started being players? Like, uh, how do you see today's scene compared to in the past? Do you think it's better or, or worse? or What do you think mm, about that? I think, I think that the challenges of young players today are probably much greater than what, what we had when I was 16, 18 years old growing up. Mm. Because there's so many other... Uh, things that people can do uh, than go to a club and listen to music yeah. and that's basically what we do we we go and play music wherever we can right we're entertainers the and there's a ton of different yeah. types of entertainment yeah, and yeah. It's, entertainment mm -hmm. is just so diversified now yeah we're, we're competing with that yeah so uh, and as a result i think the the money factor has uh, diminished mm -hmm. <laughs> you know for what we do um so I, I, I sympathize with young players today, um, but I also I'm, I'm a little uh, not not concerned, but I, I I understand why they don't know they don't have that huge uh, library of music available in their minds that they've learned that we did as kids because they have everything digitally. They can turn on their iPhone and they can get the changes for some tune that they don't know. Mm -hmm. So that that has acted as a good thing, but I think it's also a bad thing because now kids don't learn tunes mm -hmm. the way they don't they don't internalize them. They don't memorize them. Right. So you know such as do you know how deep is the ocean? Yeah, just a minute. And they turn on the iPhone and yeah. there's the chorus, mm -hmm. and, and that's how they play it. They play it like they're looking at the iPhone. Yeah. Whereas oh yeah. Totally. if they learned the tune five years ago, they would probably be better off and they would probably do a better job of it. So that, that small, one small aspect has really changed, mm -hmm. I think. think for but that has a, a huge effect on the player, though, sure. to, not have a rep, like to not have a repertoire of music. Yeah, and, and to be struggling always to think of new places to go and play this music. Mm. That, that's a challenge. Whereas when I was growing up, there was, all, there was no end of the places that would hire music. Mm -hmm. and, we were always, as they are today, we were always getting together and playing, but it was not, not a problem of finding venues. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, things were there. So, you, and plus the fact that in that day, the dance, like dances were a big part of entertainment. Mm. Today, dances, unless you're into like really heavy, loud pop music, mm -hmm. I, I think that's kind of, out of the question for jazz, jazz players. Mm. Yeah, you DJs know. play dances now, yeah, right? right? At clubs. Right. Yeah, you guys play dances, or, or, or young guys play dances, but it's it's another story. They're yeah. not learning. They're not learning repertoire there. Whereas yeah. we learned repertoire. Right. We learned all the tunes that we would ever play together. Right. At a dance. Right. You know, over the course of a few years. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, now it's a completely different repertoire. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a, quite a few major changes, mm -hmm. uh, but you know what? They're all going to survive. They're all going to come out playing something. And yeah, they're all going to be good in their own way. Yeah, techno. I mean, technology has always transformed art. I mean, yeah. The the story of the guitar itself. I mean, is the story of technology changing and then players using that technology. You know, I think of. But uh, there are some negative consequences for sure. Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. How, how about you? Since when you were coming up, how how's it changed since? 
you were younger, is it the same kind of thing? Or? Uh, yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Um, you know, there were, I mean, one thing that people talk about, you know, these days is that there was a lot of opportunity to go out and basically kind of screw up. You know, I mean, you could, you could do, you know, go out and not really have it together, but you know, there'd be the next gig, you know, like there was like, there was enough stuff going on that, mm -hmm. you know, um, you could keep working on your thing kind of, um, uh, on the bandstand. Um, and there was lots of opportunities to play and develop your, 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 your thing that way. Um, so I, I see this, you know, positives and negatives in the whole thing. It's very, it's an interesting and, you know, we could talk about this all day, like, you know, sure. about all the different aspects of it. Um, mm -hmm. um, for younger players, I mean, there's, there's so much cool music that's coming out now because people have access, you know, younger players to, to you know, uh, to music from all over the world. And so um, there's some really exciting music happening and, and stuff. But at the same time, there's all these, you know, this, um, it's such a struggle. Um, there's also, I mean, for I think for younger jazz players, there's sort of a... Um, <clears throat> maybe a thing of trying to conform to you're going to be this you know you have to fit into this bag or that bag and and mm. um if you want to you know uh get some work you maybe you have to kind of you know you have to do this whereas i think that that spirit of um uh it you know uh, it's not always like that but that that maybe is more of a pressure these days maybe it was always there i don't know but if you think of all the all the, the great um iconic musicians I think they were just out kind of you know like if they were building on the tradition and they were learning tradition but they were like I, I'm, I want to go and do my own thing right, it's like, right. like I want to really express myself and not be afraid to uh, um, to try something different and so uh, it's still happening but I think it's just more more difficult given the economic realities and the the internet and everything else uh, in a way for for younger players um, people have to figure out how to make a living at it that was a lot easier like I'm almost 60 but you know it was just it was it was pretty easy, you know. I always I hate being an old guy and telling my students about how basically easy it was to get work back then, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, I just I when I finished high school, I just answer an ad in the local newspaper, the Victoria Star or something. And I, I had a gig playing six nights a week in a bar band, you know, and it was right. easy. And I wasn't very good. It was just like right. they, they needed guitar players, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, uh, it was just like you know, uh, but. Um, uh, but at the same time, it's just you know lots of exciting things going on in the music. So. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I wonder if like uh, you know blacksmiths or old printing press operators ever hang out and say, "Oh yeah, man, right. I remember yeah. back in the day yeah, when for sure. we had all that work, yeah. and now it's all." I guess yeah. the blacksmiths would be all long gone, but uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when the horses were up and down the street, and our business was booming. Yeah, we were doing great, <laughs> man. That's what happened? Exactly. <laughs> Like you said, technology is everything's always changing, so it's it's going to keep evolving. And yeah, uh, I do see that with the younger players, though. There's like this thing, you know, you, you try to define yourself, and you're right. like, oh, I, I'm an old school kind of player. I play right. the old school stuff, right. and that's what I do. Or I'm a yeah. contemporary type guy, right. or I'm a free guy. Right. But it doesn't. Have, you don't have to like yeah. declare that. Or right. You, and but there's also like a whole set of like sort of rules and codes of conduct that right. go with each of those right. things. You know, and right. it's. It's kind of silly in a way, like you kind of right. play everything, right? right. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're better off not to pigeonhole yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because sure. people start thinking of, a, of you in a certain light, in a certain style. They go, right. Oh, I don't think I want to hire that guy because he's into free music. Yeah. Meanwhile, he might be very good at just playing something traditional. Totally. totally. Or the blues or whatever. Right. But but don't say yeah, I'm a free player and that's it. don't call me for anything else. Uh -huh. Yeah. That's the kiss of death. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Yeah.
You're, you're a great electric bass player. You know, I've, I've heard you lay down some pretty funky lines on that on the electric bass. Well, so, I don't know if that was ever a thing for you, or you you, you, you just people you know primarily knew you as an acoustic player and, and uh, no, I played the electric bass for years. Yeah. Years and years. I mean, that's basically how I started. It's not how I, but the, the electric bass and the string bass went together for me. You know, and when I came to Toronto, I played nothing but electric bass for a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, th those were the heydays of session work. You know? uh -huh. right. So, and and I appreciate all that that music, and I, I didn't mind doing uh, you know elevator music. Uh, in right. a studio for five days in a row, eight hours a day. I didn't mind doing that because at the end of the day, you got paid for what you did. Yeah. You know, and you played with good musicians and you played probably good, very good arrangements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was all uh, a rewarding experience. I mean, I don't think I'd go and play in some heavy metal band uh, no? then or now <laughs> because it's just not my style. But I mean, I would definitely go and play in some R&B band because I, I did that yeah. for many years. Right. Right. So, yeah. That's cool. That's that's really good advice not to pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. You well, do a lot of things too. You, you, you. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I like to do a lot of things. Yeah. I like to try. You know. Yeah, sure. I feel overwhelmed by how many things there are to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sure. You have to. Here you you have to do as many things as possible, really, to keep mm -hmm. to keep uh, to keep afloat in this business. You yeah. Know? Totally. We're not all at the level of the. Jim Hall or some major star. Yeah. At, at this point, we all have to do teaching and mm -hmm. writing and rehearsing, and whatever it is. We have to keep on doing all that stuff uh, totally. together and try and keep it all percolating along. Yeah, find a way uh, for it to happen. In a healthy way. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Well, guys, why don't we uh, play one more tune? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sure. What'll it be? Uh. I'm going to play the tuning tune Yeah. for a second here, because of this weather. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Dave would want to play the melody on something. <laughs> okay, let's see. <laughs> no pressure. Set this up. Okay.
Beautiful guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds so good. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's such a blast and uh, yeah. it's such a great thing to play with you guys and hang yeah, out for a little bit. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. Um, before we go, any gigs you want to let people know about coming up in the next couple months? Uh, uh, Wednesday, Rex, Octet. I'm down there with Terry Promain, Octet. Oh, great. This Wednesday? This Wednesday. What's the date of that? That's the... Uh, uh, June 1st. Uh, June 1st. June 1st. That's June 1st. So cool. yeah. 2016. Yeah, <laughs> Rex. Fantastic. Rex, this yeah. Wednesday, 9.30. Great. Okay. Great. Uh, I've got a, like a, we just, I played with this group I mentioned earlier with, a, um, uh, on topic, at a club called May on, uh, on Dundas West, it's close to Lossington, uh, like last week, and uh, we're going to start a once a month thing, the first, uh, starting in, uh, in the summer, I think the dates might be a little funny over the summer, but we're going to be doing the first Saturday of every month. Uh, at that club, but it's a great, great club. It's uh, happening. They've got a, a guy doing uh, sound there. He's got a recording studio in the in the mm -hmm. basement of the club, and he does a beautiful job of doing the sound nice. in the club and record it for you. And it's uh, people in the club are super nice, so we're very excited to um, to be playing there uh, on a kind of regular basis. Great, delicious and, soup there too. Yeah, the, the soup food there is, is great. beautiful. It's yeah. fantastic. Someone the homemade, real oh, homemade yeah. cooking. Yeah. It's real nice. Yeah. yeah, and you've got a CD release coming up pretty soon. At the I next, do. Right? Yeah, 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 June 9th. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. yeah, man, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's gonna be fun. Cool. Thanks, guys. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Pleasure.